It's the time of year when we're all thinking about goals and priorities. Now is the time to plan your next trip. Whatever kind of travel fills you up, whether it's lounging on the beach, connecting with family and friends, or going on a foreign adventure, Expedia has the tools you need to plan a great trip. Download the Expedia app or visit Expedia.com to start planning. You do need to be a OneKey member to use price tracking. Signing up is easy and free. Expedia, made to travel. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card, you call the number for help, and can't get a hold of anyone. If you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right, a real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Oprah Winfrey. Welcome to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time. Taking time to be more fully present. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. Aging has never been an issue for me because from the time I was a little girl, I knew that I was not what this society or this culture considered to be pretty. Everybody figures that out for themselves, usually at a very early age. By the time I was three or four years old, I knew that what other people thought was pretty. First of all, I don't ever remember hearing anybody say that to me until I was eight or nine or 10 years old. And one person said it to me and I had a breakdown because nobody had ever used the word pretty. So the first time somebody said I was smart or I read well or I spoke well, I took that as my sense of value. But I have to admit, I've always been fascinated by pretty girls, by pretty women, by the beautiful people, because I knew that I used being smart and reading and nourishing my mind and spirit as my value card. And I often wondered what it would be like to be a pretty girl and have that as your value card. And over the years, I've interviewed countless beautiful people, and most often, they have not been what I considered upfront or really truthful about it. Because if you talk to pretty women, they always inadvertently mention something that they don't like about themselves or play the modesty card, which Maya Angelou says, modesty is a learned affectation. There's nothing really real about being modest. And so I have felt over the years, in every single interview I've talked to models or beautiful actresses or people who were considered beautiful by our culture, I always ask them about that. What does that feel like? And nobody's ever told the truth. In all the years, I don't feel that most people have been truthful about it. And it wasn't until we did a show on aging that Sybil Shepherd actually came clean and said what I, and I know a lot of you, have always felt about beautiful women. Let's talk about when you first realized that you were the it girl. You were beautiful, the world said you were beautiful. That was sort of the definition of you being the it girl. And what did that mean to you? Well, my beauty is something that I did not earn. I was given this beauty. Mm -hmm. I had beautiful parents. I did not have to work for it. Mm -hmm. um, so 
that blessing opened doors for me. Mm -hmm. This interview was so fascinating to me because this was the first time in 25 years of me asking that question of beautiful women that anybody ever actually told the truth as I thought it, it, it was. This is the first time anybody actually said what all these years I'd been thinking and I believe you've been thinking too about beautiful women. The fact that she said, my beauty is something I didn't earn, which is what we all know, like you're either born that way or you're not. And that it was a blessing that opened doors for me. I, I wanted to say, hallelujah, Sybil Shepherd, you were the first person that ever actually admitted that your looks has opened doors. Everybody, in all the years I've talked to models and gorgeous people, they always act like, oh no, this old thing, oh, this old face, oh, my nose is too big, or oh, my thighs are too wide. It's the first time anybody's ever been truthful about it. And I was, I, I was intrigued by the whole thing because of that. I love you saying that it was a sense of entitlement. Yes. Because it's interesting, did you ever feel other women's jealousy or other women's feeling when you walked into the room projecting things onto you? Did you feel that? Well, I think since uh, I've, I've spent many years now disabusing myself of the fantasy that I am the most sexy, the most, <laughs> most intelligent, yeah. I'm a much happier person and more happy with myself. But back to that time, whenever I walked into a room, I was acting superior mm. in, that, in those ways. And I think that alienated women. Now, did you feel, too, uh, when you were saying that you walk into a room, there was a level of superiority? Because I think that is what people project onto beautiful women. We think that they're thinking they're better than us. Did you? Well, as I say, I had the fantasy that I was. Just That was a cover-up for my insecurities, that I never really felt beautiful. And but then at the but age... But I don't even understand that. Yeah. Explain that to me, uh, how you could look at yourself and not see that you're beautiful. Well, I... At that time, when I was a model, there were a hundred beautiful, more beautiful than me, women coming in every day. I was one of so many gorgeous women you can't imagine. So did you um, define yourself by your beauty? You were, def were you defined by your beauty? Yes, I was absolutely defined by my beauty. It opened doors, but also there were parts where I was told I was too beautiful to play the part. You wouldn't say, yes! First person ever said that in 25 years. First person that ever said, yes, I was defined by my beauty. I love that. Loved it. When you started to um, turn 35, 40 years old, what was the turning point for you where you started to think, I no longer have that it thing? Well, I, I figured that I'd be okay up until 40 years old because mm -hmm. uh, I was... Uh, I believe that Marilyn Monroe had died when she was 40, and mm -hmm. she looked so beautiful. Well, it turns out she died when she was 36, so I'd already lived this four years where I was not supposed to <laughs> still be looking okay. Isn't that interesting how we use other people as standards for ourselves? That's what real ego is, is when you are allowing the mirror of how other people see you to define what you think of yourself. So you have a number in your mind, and. That number is 40 years old, and even though it was 36 when Marilyn Monroe died, I know for myself, I now use Tina Turner as my model. So I look at Tina Turner in pictures and I say, oh, she was 56 then, or she was 60 then. It's interesting how we all use each other as projections for ourselves. But I love this conversation because it was the first time I was able to have a real honest 
conversation about what it means to have been beautiful and to age. Every woman who wasn't considered beautiful growing up has the same issues. But this is what I have always thought, that if beauty is your calling card, if being a gorgeous person is your calling card, at some point, that's going to start to fade. And I've always thought that the people who've used that as their calling card have the most difficult time adjusting to the reality of their lives because you've defined yourself your whole life by the way you look and what happens when you no longer look that way. I know this for myself, not considering myself a beautiful person, but I do know that people definitely treat me differently when I am thinner because the perception of a person who is overweight, no matter who you are, is that you're not quite up to snuff. And I imagine that if you are a beautiful person, that it's even more so, that people treat you differently when you're beautiful. I know that is a fact because we all do. We treat everybody differently based upon the way they look. And unfortunately, that's who we are as human beings. That's what we're all trying to grow ourselves to a better space so that we don't judge people by the way they look. But it's a fact that we do. Sybil Shepherd's alluring beauty launched her career and made her a household name. She says that turning 40 was traumatic and 50 a disaster. Let's talk <laughs> about that. Well, turning 40, I literally fled the country for my birthday. I, I flew to London, but you know, it still was my birthday. Yeah. And I made it through that. The 50s was really uh, very traumatic, especially the early 50s. I stopped looking at myself in the mirror because I could see that I was aging, and I would try to just make look in the mirror and look at my eyes and not see these changes. Because, I mean, after all, I have everything I had back then. I just have a little more of it, and it's a little lower. <laughs> <laughs> so you literally stopped looking in the mirror? I stopped looking in the mirror. Did you fear getting older? I was always fearing getting older. You know, my theory has always been that women who are beautiful have a much more difficult time getting older because if that is the way you define yourself, as you begin to age, you have to figure out then who you really are because that's fading, so now who are you? Well, yes, I, but I was told over and over again growing up, beauty is as beauty does. Mm -hmm. Beauty is only skin deep. As we were preparing for this show, women told us that they remember the moment uh, when heads stopped turning oh, their yes. way. Yes. Do, do you remember when that happened to you? Or did that happen to you? It did happen to me. And I also had a great fear as I, as I grew older that I would not be valued anymore, mm. that I would be like a beautiful old shoe that was all wrinkled and nobody really wanted to wear it mm. anymore. See, now that's when you, if you've only been valued for your beauty, then you, you would absolutely have that as a fear. You'll be disposable in this yeah. disposable culture. Yeah. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meave. Plus, you can help to support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths.
Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. One of the things that resonated so deeply with me, and I'm sure with many of you too, that Sybil said, is that she feared growing older because she feared becoming disposable and no longer having any value. And I think that is why so many women in particular fear it, because they fear that if I don't, you know, stretch my face out, if I don't try to make myself look as young as possible, then I will have no value. I remember distinctly the time walking across the street once with my two daughters, Ariel and Clementine, and notice, noticing that the men were looking at them and not me. Really? Mm-hmm. And when that moment happened, you noticed that the eyes were not up on you? Well, it had happened to me before other times, too, where I'd be, not just with my daughters, I'd be out and there'd be younger women, and I'd see the men's eyes go to the younger women. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, disturbing. She was willing to go there. By that, I mean she was willing to go to the place that every woman at some point realizes, whatever it is you thought you had going for you, you don't have that anymore. Every beautiful woman at some point recognizes that not as many heads are turning for me as used to turn for me. And I've thought about what, what happens when you've carried that your whole life and now the room, whole room isn't stopping when you come in. So as you've gotten older, has the definition of what real beauty means changed for you? Yes, it has. And if we don't work to develop that depth and, and more fun too, mm-hmm. and really laughing and crying as much as possible, learning to love ourselves as we age is one of the most challenging things we can do. And that means you really do look at yourself, not like I did for a while. I wouldn't even look at myself in the mirror. Uh, look at everything and find something you can love about your body. The truth is, if you haven't done the inner work, if you haven't made a connection to begin to understand that your inner life is your real life and that just like your external, everything external changes and everything external eventually goes away dissipates and goes away. But if you have cultivated the internal, if you've cultivated your inner life, your inner wisdom, your inner spirit, a connection to what really matters in your life, the aging process will not be difficult because you will know who you really are and you will accept it and stop resisting and pushing against what is. It's one of the reasons why it's so confusing to me and Um, really aggravating when women lie about their age. When you lie about your age, you are denying that part of your life. You're denying energetically the years that you have earned 
here on the planet Earth. You're denying those experiences. You are denying your very existence by trying to lie about your age. And it really is just so silly because you're going to continue to age. But I do understand the fear that a lot of women have. I think that I'm blessed because not only was I not defined as pretty in the culture, so it's not something I'm trying to hold on to, but even more so than being considered smart or a good reader or intelligent, I started to cultivate an inner life, a life that is spiritual, a life that is deep, that is wide, that I understand that I am more than what I look like. I'm more than what I do. I'm more than what other people's image of what I look like and what I do is. So the understanding of who you really are, I actually had an aha just, just, just talking to you guys right now. The understanding of who you are is necessary as you get older because as you begin to lose the external attraction, it is your real responsibility to cultivate the inner attraction. I have to say that in all of my conversations with women about aging, one of the women that impressed me the most was Allie McGraw. She was one of those people that I thought I would just like to go home with her and sit at her kitchen table and talk some more because she is handling the aging process very well. Do you mind telling everybody how old you are? I'm 71. When, you, when your producers called, I, they said, we'd, you know, we'd like you to come on the show. And I said, what is the title of this show? Still Alive? <laughs> <laughs> How long did it take you to learn to ask for exactly what you wanted? I'm sure well over 60 years. Really? Yeah. Because I was a career people pleaser. I sort of tried to guess what I thought you might like me if I did, mm -hmm. which I think is a very common mm -hmm. ailment. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I mean, I, the whole thing is really about being real. And it's very hard to be authentic, I think. And, and it's the only real joy. In my time, many, many people had that life thing set out. Yes, you're going to go to college. Yes. Then you're going to be married. Then you're going to have X number of children. And then right. boom, 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 you're going to retire, whatever that means. It was a ridiculous omission of life. Yes. And one of the reasons I'm not shy about saying my age is I don't want to think that my I should roll over and check out because 40 years ago I had a hit movie and now I'm living with my cat and dog in the mountains in Santa Fe as if that's, you know, a step down. Mm -hmm. I, I, and I think the message women my age send to terrified 30 and 40-year-old women who are going, oh, my God, it's almost over, what a jip. Mm -hmm. What a chip. Because I mean, at 40, you just started to wake up, if you're lucky. I wasn't waking up, yeah. I can tell you yeah. that. If Not you're lucky, 50. you start to wake up at 40. Okay, so we, we did a show with Sybil Shepherd ah. and some other women, and we were talking about being the it girl and the most beautiful woman. And we all know that, certainly, you were considered the it girl. I thought Sybil was so honest. She said she realized the moment that she stopped turning heads and no longer felt like the it girl. And, I, and my producers told me that you've got a story. Oh, like I've that. got a great one. There was this very well-intended uh, charity called The Night of 100. It was actually 300 stars, everybody you ever heard of. And they featured well, people we know and love, you know, uh -huh. Linda Evans, Joan Collins, but all this, Angie Dickinson, all the big, big ABC stars. 
and everybody you ever heard of. And we were given dresses to wear, and we were given ways of walking out. And at the point that I was given the worst dress, and I was like number 299 walking across Radio City, I got it. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. And you don't do... And what did that feel like? I felt like a loser. You know, the ego is such a trick. I just mm -hmm. lost myself in that moment of what did they think? Mm -hmm. Of course, they didn't think anything. They probably thought, oh, how horrible her dress is, or nobody was counting off the people. Mm -hmm. It was very self-centered. So I got really loaded that night and woke up next to somebody I hadn't planned to spend the night with, if you really? want to know. Yeah. So That's... is it that feeling of, gee, I'm not at the front of the line, I'm at the back of the line, and my dress isn't the gorgeous one, I'm not the one that everybody's paying attention to? It was total ego, yeah. Would you ever, like, consider plastic surgery? You know, I did, oh, there's a great plastic surgery story. I was doing a big television series once with a huge crew, bored witless at my presence, and I was ready to do a scene, and the costume person said, uh, <clears throat> hold the roll, please. Could you get the turtleneck? That's called lines on your neck. Uh -huh. And, you know, you'd just as soon have that bulletin maybe in a private rather than in front of 85 people. So I did, you know, and I did it a long time ago because it's relentlessly terrifying to look at yourself on that monster screen, especially if people are fantasizing about you at 28. Mm -hmm. And voila, there you are. I, I think that in many, many cases, it's a terrific thing to do. Some people's whole lives change because they look in the mirror and feel better about themselves. But I think we live in a time where people are just insane on the subject of how they look. And they look homogenous, ridiculous. My, my least favorite being that duck-lipped look that is oh, so prevalent. Oh, the duck-lipped look, where everybody's gotten their lips so... It's yeah. gross. Mm -hmm. I don't... Who know... I can't imagine why anybody would want to kiss that, frankly. <laughs> So I think that there's, it's again balance, you know? Do you balance yourself well? I'm trying every day. And some days I do it well, and some days I do it appallingly. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank. Some things should be boring, like banking. Boring is safe and reliable. You don't want your bank to be entertaining. Entertaining is for podcasts with inspiring celebrity guests, not banks. PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is the service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Inc. PNC Bank, National Association, member FDIC. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. I've sat in my interview chair for years talking to women who were consumed by the fear of aging. They didn't look like it because they were well coiffed and they were dressed beautifully and having on the most sophisticated uh, clothes and shoes and wearing all the right labels. But I could sense that they were consumed by the fear of aging. and. I have a lot of empathy for that because fear comes in all forms. And I understand that fear is based upon you not feeling like you will be valued anymore in your life. 
And so people are trying to hold on to the past or trying to hold on to what they used to be, hold on to the vision that they have of who they once were in order to maintain value in their lives. And what I just know for sure is that until you begin to cultivate an inner self, an inner awareness of what really matters in your life, and the external can't be allowed to have that much power in your life because external things always fade away. It's just nature. It's the natural process. And so that's really what this show is all about, hopefully helping yourself and myself to cultivate a deeper sense of who we really are so that you are not attached to the external version of yourself. It doesn't mean that you don't take care of yourself, that you don't work out, and that you don't try to, in every single aspect of your life, make yourself the best that you can be. But it means not having the attachment to what your body looks like, not being defined by what it is and what other people are going to think, because that is going to change. Supermodel Beverly Johnson revolutionized modeling when she became the first African-American woman on the cover of Vogue magazine. Beverly has charmed the world with her ageless beauty for over three decades. She's graced the covers of over 500 magazines. We caught up with this legendary supermodel during the final season of The Oprah Show to talk about what is it really like to get older in front of the cameras. Beauty is something that defined me. Beauty can get you into places. It most certainly can open doors for you. It's tough to age in America, period. I feel pressures at different points in my life. I had my midlife crises at 25 years old because I was so terrified that my career was going to be over. Also, I grew up you know, in this world where the physical appearance was the most important thing. So I had to go back and kind of, you know, bring my other parts along, my spiritual, my emotional, you know, I had to catch up, so to speak. When I sat down with Beverly, she confessed her beauty held her back from developing her inner self. Does it make you not work as hard at other things when you know you have that going for you? I, I, I know for myself, early on as a model and really just concentrating on this physical appearance and a lot of other things got stunted I thought yeah mentally spiritually emotionally were stunted for me and I think that I made a concerted effort to try to catch up mm -hmm. and right now I'm in business mm -hmm. it's hard mm -hmm. you know I'm what's using hard what's hard business I'm using my mind in a way that I have never used my mind before. And it is really, really difficult. So that's a conversation that I'm looking for. Like, when you look this good, do you have to worry about using your mind? But I have a really hang up about that, you know, about people assuming that I am stupid because I'm a model. Mm -hmm. And I think that I, I really make an effort to try to prove that I'm just not a, a dumb model. I, you know, I am a big believer that the beauty comes from within. But before you open your mouth, you just walk in the door and you get all the attention. I'm trying to get to what well, is it, that like? It's a, it, it's a lot of work, <laughs> you know. It, it, I mean, it's, it's not with your bone structure. Well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, mommy, and thank you, daddy. I think it's a lot of work, and I think it's it's a lot of pressure, mm -hmm. also. In her late 50s, Beverly had an unexpected revelation about getting older. 
I recently had a defining moment about age. I was on a golf course and it was during my skinny, skinny, skinny stage. And I hear a young man come up from behind me and say, hey, baby. And I turn around and he says, oh, I'm so sorry, ma'am. I thought you were my age. And I said, oh, no, that's okay, sweetheart. He says, no, no, but from behind, I thought you were like a teenager. And I thought to myself, wow. For me, it meant that why the heck am I trying to have a teenager's body? I ain't a teenager. Get over it. You know what I think the fear of aging is really all about is people are afraid that they will no longer matter. And so they're trying to hold on to what they think matters because you find or believe that there is no real value in yourself. That's why the inner cultivation of self is the most important gift you can give to you. I remember when I was getting ready to turn 40, I interviewed Camille Cosby, and she said to me what I've shared with so many other women. She said, honey, the best is just about to begin for you because the greatest thing about turning 40 is you stop living your life for other people and start living it for yourself. I love that, and it is true. It took me about 42, 45 to actually really get it, but it's true. The best thing about getting older is you grow into more of yourself to become more of who you are and were meant to be and stop living your life out of ego for other people. The best thing that happens was said to us by Jamie Lee Curtis. It's really about allowing yourself the freedom to be who you're meant to be. This yes, is what's so interesting. They said to me, you know, Jamie Lee's gonna be, you know, she's doing this thing where she only wears black and white and that she is not wearing, you know. I never lie. Yeah, never lie. And that she's gonna, she's like sort of glammed down. And they were asking me, you know, saying, well, could I do the same? And I go, well, that's Jamie Lee. And I want to wear color today. And that's who you are. And this you know is what? who I it's am. So I'm not going to dress down. Yes, isn't that interesting? I, but I never represented glam. See, that's the interesting thing. I, you'll never see me in the front row of a fashion show. I'm uninterested in it. I find it trivial and banal and boring. You do? I find it to be the least interesting thing that a woman can pay attention to is clothing. I'm so much more interested in what's going on in the world today and what we're thinking, how we're feeling. And so for me, the idea of glamming down is really diminishing what I'm talking about, which is really paring down the sort of detritus of my life, the too many attempts at clothing that didn't work for me. See, this works for you. If I put that on, you'd look at me and go, okay, nice try, Jamie. <laughs> and see, that's why I respect you so much, because you represent you, Thanks. and you seem to... Obviously, it's caught on a bit. People want <laughs> just a little, you know? But people want to know you and what you're thinking and feeling based on who you are. And but, I think it's doing the same thing with but, me. But, you know, it's, it's, it all boils down to being authentic. How authentic can you be? And this is authentic for me. And, and that's, this, and this yes, is authentic. authentic. But, but it's been a process of evolution. And that, to me, is what uh, I think women are really trying to find, which is their essential self. What works for them in their family, what works for them in themselves. Clothing, weight, hair, marriages, children, choices, all of those things sort of boil down to this essential you, which yeah. I'm now, luckily, finding so that now, to me, you drop the rock of the burden of trying to figure that out, and then you're free. And that's, to me, what being older is, is freedom to finally learn. Wow.
It was 1979 when Bo Derek caught the world's attention, remember that, as the sexy blonde with braids in the hit movie 10. We met for the first time also during the final season of The Oprah Show, and I asked her the same question about aging in the public eye. How is it for you when you were at considered and still are considered one of the most beautiful women in the world? How is the aging process for you? <laughs> <laughs> I scare myself sometimes. <laughs> I, um, I, I tend not to worry about things I can't do anything about. Uh -huh. So it's not my nature to spend too much time thinking. But sometimes I see photographs and I, I really I jump a little. I was in a, in a hotel room once and I'd just taken a shower and there were mirrors along the wall and I was watching TV and I looked over and jumped. <laughs> This neck thing was going on, and it was awful. But you know what? You do what you do. I don't know. I'm not worried about it. It's beauty is something. In my case, I I was born with it. Mm -hmm. And it's funny that society requires us to say thank you if someone compliments you mm -hmm. on your face. And usually, it's not it's not my insides or anything that has anything to you know, that matters. It's about the way the bones line up. And it's funny, I'm supposed to say thank you when I have nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. I was mm -hmm. born with it. Born with it. Now, but you realize you're beautiful. I realize that I have the right body type and the right bones for now. You know, a couple hundred years ago, I would have been the scullery maid. Mm -hmm. You know, the scrawny, skinny. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that you're getting better as you get older? Do you feel that you have matured into the best of yourself? that you've become more of who you really are? I know I have. Mm -hmm. I know I have. That doesn't mean I have it all together mm -hmm. and that I don't you know, fall apart sometimes, but that's got to be the trade-off for your physical deterioration, that your mind gets better and you're happy about yourself. <laughs> you know, there's so much wisdom to be gained from people who are celebrating the process of aging with vibrancy and with vigor and grace. We live in a youth-obsessed culture that is constantly trying to tell us that if we're not young and we're not glowing and we're not hot, that we don't matter. I refuse to let a system or a culture or a distorted view of reality tell me that I don't matter. And I know that only by owning, own it, who and what you are, can you start to step into the fullness of life every year should be teaching us all something valuable. Whether you get the lesson is really up to you. Every year brings us all closer to expressing your whole and healed self. So in this class about aging well and all of the wonderful women who were telling us how to do it, I celebrate that, I honor it, and hold it in reverence. And I'm grateful for every age I'm blessed to become. And I hope that's how you will start to look at your life. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. You can follow Super Soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Super Soul Conversation. Thank you for listening. Vacations are always good. Sometimes they're even great. And Celebrity Cruises is about to ruin all of that. Because once you explore with us, you'll never want a vacation any other way. 
And with new Quick Caribbean Escapes, you'll never want a weekend any other way either. Celebrity Cruises. Nothing comes close. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Ships Registry, Malta and Ecuador. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.